When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. WRKS Pickens Jackson. It's all coming back from the Whiskey 61 Lounge inside the Bank Plus Studio. And there it comes again. Mississippi's number one sports talk show, The Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming worldwide live on the Out of Bounds Radio app and on your radio at ESPN 105.9. What is that? What is that? The Zone. Uh, slice bread Friday on the Out of Bounds Show. Uh, brought to you by the mouth-watering steaks at Kessel Prime and the Renaissance. Visit KesselPrime.com to make a reservation. This is ESPN 105.9 The Zone. We want to say good morning. Welcome in to you. Uh, Mississippi State and Ole Miss both lose last night. That was uh, expected in Startville. Not expected in Oxford. Mike Bianco was ejected um, last night. In a kind of bizarre way, um, he will not coach today for the Ole Miss Rebels against Texas A&M. Uh, they need another win, but they need really to win today and tomorrow because you don't ever know what's going to happen over in Birmingham Hoover for the SEC baseball tournament. They're firmly in the tur- the SEC tournament. Um they have some more work to do, though, to get in the uh, – they have some more work to do to get into the NCAA regionals. Um, Mississippi State, on the other hand, was embarrassed, one of the most embarrassing losses in the history of the program, even though Tennessee is uh, um, number one in the country and look like by far and away the, uh, the best team in the country. And they look different as one of our – Listener said on the text line, uh, he had an opportunity opportunity to see Tennessee play Ole Miss uh, a few weeks ago, and he said, you know, they just they just look different. I, I don't I don't know what's in their Gatorade, but they just look different. You can hit us up on the Ag Up Equipment text line six zero one eight eight five three seven seven six. Show is brought to you by Farm Bureau Insurance. Bundle your auto and home, and save with your local. 
Farm Bureau insurance agent. Um, I tell you what, I never in a million years thought that uh, the Mississippi State staff would blow all their goodwill in one year. Never thought it. Even a couple of weeks ago, if you were listening to the show, I thought they had turned the corner. And I was fooled. Now, Mississippi State baseball program has turned the pro, uh, corner several times late in the season uh, the last 10 years. Now, no longer than that. Really, since uh, Cohen, uh, when Cohen went to his first Super Regional against Florida, his third year. I mean, they've just played some magical baseball in May and June. Uh, about five times, and that's a lot. And so you thought that maybe they had figured something out, and now they can't win a game. And losing, I, I still hear this, and I get it. Fans want to be happy. You want to be happy. It's Friday. You should be happy. It's beautiful. You know, you're going to enjoy yourself at one of the ballparks this weekend or the pool or the lake. Great. Um, but, and so you, you still hear, but we won the national championship. Yes, but I still think they blew all their goodwill in one year. I mean, there's a lot of work to do. I think, you know, I don't know how it's all going to look by the time classes start in August, but there's a lot of work to do because, I mean, other teams in the league, they're not going anywhere, right? I mean, in fact, some of them have forward momentum. I don't know who's going to do it, Tennessee. Auburn, Arkansas, Vandy, a and I, I don't know who's going to – maybe Ole Miss. Still not totally there, but we'll see if they can, you know, get the jet back up going full speed. Uh, but somebody's going to do it. Maybe not win it, but we're going to have some teams advance through the postseason. And then you're going to have other teams that really already have a, a really good foundation. An overhaul of the roster is always – you know, it can be hit and miss. Um, there's a little bit of both from both, you know, Lane Kiffin coming off a great year in a Sugar Bowl, and he overhauled his roster through transfers, and Lamonis uh, coming off a national championship, and he'll have to overhaul his, overhaul his roster. Totally, not totally rebuild it, but Blake, what are you looking at? A half a dozen transfer portal guys? I mean, that's a lot in yeah. baseball. I mean, Kiffin's up to 17 or something in football. That's a lot. The, uh, it could go either way on you. It could work. But it's not much different than JUCO recruiting, guys. It's not. It may be a little bit. In fact, eh, we may be splitting hairs if we sit down, you know, over a Corona premiere and really do a deep dive over 20 minutes and really talk it through. But. There's a lot of moving parts there. Now, granted, you're picking up a kid from G5 or P5 who has played well, sometimes has played really well, and you believe by that young man doing that that they have been out of high school for a year or two, sometimes three. They have proven that they can handle college life. They have proven that they can go to all the workouts, stay on the team, and be a productive player at wherever you get them from or you really get them from the portal, but wherever they've been. But still, you got to run, you know. There's a lot going, there's a lot of variables still. Don't you, don't you agree, Blake? On oh, this? a hard, 100%. There's no doubt there is. And it all depends on what position you're relying on that person to fill, too, and what type of role. Like, are you trying to get 
role players through the portal, or are you trying to get game-change impact players through the portal? Well, and that's uh, Ole Miss football and Mississippi State baseball will will go for the latter. Yeah, Ole Miss. I mean, if you're require, if you're saying that you're you're going to take a transfer portal QB, a transfer portal tight end, you know, your top lineman could be defensive lineman could be transfer portal. I mean, those those are big key places. Just like for Mississippi State next year, you're probably looking at a weekend starter out of the transfer portal. You're probably looking at at least one, if not two, starting nine in the field out of the transfer portal. Those are big pieces. Uh, Nick says on the Ag Up Equipment text line, it's the most embarrassing loss in Starbucks since the mayor took took away the strange Bruce sign. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> That's funny. I was thinking more like uh, that time – LSU came in and beat them like I don't know, it was like fifty six to twenty or something like that. Does that Lamonis Nick asked this question, does Lamonis have to prove next year that he's not Gene Chiswick? Well, what does that mean? Does that mean you have to win a second title? <laughs> like is every is every coach who only wins one title now Gene Chiswick? Is that what we're saying? Basically. Except Steve Spurrier and Sean Payton. See, I think I think that Lamonis the whole one and done idea. It do you have to win another title? No. To me, if you're if if we look up and Mike and Chris Lamonis in ten years has Mike Bianco's career in terms of success, but he's only got the one Omaha win. Is he? Is that make him a bad coach? Does that make him Gene Chizik? No. Yeah, Gene Chizik had losing seasons like almost every other year. Like that's the difference. But you're gonna hear that. All during the offseason. Yeah. No, and there's look, no doubt. Here's the question. So, Kippen goes to get the most important position on the field through the transfer portal, quarterback, Jackson Dart. They're going to have to go get a starting pitcher. and that, It's equivalent, Blake. Like, they need to go get yeah. a weekend starter in the transfer portal. Yes. And where I'm going with this is those positions have such a big impact on your team and your win-loss record. I mean – that Jackson, you know, Jackson Dart's trying to follow some big, big shoes in that Matt Corral bailed Ole Miss out time and time again. Nothing wrong with that. That's what you want. You want a player that can bail you out. So when Ole Miss needed some juice, Matt Corral could make it happen, whether it was first down, third down, red zone, 50 yards away. He could hurt you. Uh, if you've got a Friday or Saturday guy that you're looking for in the portal – you're asking that guy to take the baseball every single weekend and give you an opportunity to win by the fifth, sixth inning. There's a lot to that. Is that guy in the – I mean, is Jackson Dart that guy? And is that guy in the portal for, for Mississippi State baseball? Out of bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone is brought to you by Farm Bureau Insurance. Bundle your auto and home and save with your local Farm Bureau Insurance agent. We're going to have uh, Brian Peroni, Gigum 247. He'll join us at 830 on the Corona Premier Guest Line to talk Jimbo and Saban. I have to tell you about this game-changing product I use before a night out with drinks. It's called Z-Biotics. Let's face it. After a night out with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to, and I have to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day, and that is until I found Z-Biotics. 
every time I have a Z-Biotics before drinks, I notice a difference the next day. Even after a night out, I can confidently plan on hosting this show and being awesome without worry. Look, I won't lie. I was a bit on the fence about Z-Biotics initially, but then while hanging out with friends over cocktails, I gave it a shot. And believe me, it is the real deal. Go to zbiotics.com slash OOB to get 15% off your first order when you use OOB at checkout. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash OOB and use the code OOB at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Oh, wow. The Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by Juniker Jewelry Store in Madison on Highland Colony. If you're in the market for an engagement wedding ring, John and the team at Juniker Jewelry Store will walk you through it. Guys, you don't want to screw this up. Let them walk you through the process at Juniker Jewelry Store, Highland Colony in Madison as you're looking for that engagement ring. Very, very important. Blake Scott with me. I'm your host, Bo Bounds. Good morning on a Slice Bread Friday. Brought to you by, did you tell me, Blake Scott, that it's National Pizza Party Day? It is. It is national, not National Pizza Day, but National okay. Pizza Party Day. National P- I remember having a pizza party at Mr. Gaddy's <laughs> when I was like uh, eight years old. Seven, seven, eight? Yeah. And, uh, man, Mr. Gaddy's was the deal. It was over there near LaFleur's Gallery. I think before there was a LaFleur's Gallery. Um, but right over there by your favorite place, Western Sizzlin. That's right. right. That you reference uh, growing up and going to. We're going to Sizzlin. We were a big Sizzlin family. Sizzlin. Um, did everybody do that in the living room? We're going to Sizzlin. No. Yeah, so you were like in a, in a, in a station wagon? Uh, in 19, oh gosh, we were rough around the, uh, like 1986, you're in the station wagon and you're going to Western Sizzling. I mean, those were good times. But, uh, speaking of national pizza party day, a great place to have a pizza party is Salad Mookie's in Madison, New York style pizza. Amazing, amazing pizza and Salad Mookie's in the Eastover district. So there. There's, see, we can incorporate all these things. National uh, Pizza, not Pizza Day, as Blake said, Pizza Party Day. And I would have to say my best pizza party was at Mr. Gaddy's um, on the frontage road. Boom. Right off I-55. There you go. Did you ever have a pizza party when you were growing up? Oh, yeah, Chuck course. E. Cheese? Yeah, Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. Obviously, like, Pizza Party Day in school was always, that's what I first thought when I saw 
pizza party oh, yeah. day. I thought about yeah, yeah, school, yeah. like school pizza party. How big That's a deal right. it was when like you got well, that. Well, see, but we yeah. didn't do that. So you did because you're so much younger. So when I was growing up, you didn't have parents going to Little Caesars, Domino's, Papa John's, and going and getting like seven large pizzas for the class because. There was only, well, so I grew up in Bellhaven. The first Domino's, this was a big deal. The first Domino's was right by Keepers, right across the street from Baptist Hospital. And so that was like one leg up that I had on my buddies that lived like down uh, Meadowbrook and Northside Drive and so on. Because we were the first to get pizza delivered from Domino's on State Street. Now, eventually one would open, you know, here, there, and everywhere, whatever. But you can't fathom this, but that was a big deal in like 1980. I don't remember when it was, 83 or 84. Uh, yeah, I believe it. To, to be able to call as a kid, to call someone, they answered. By the way, I was calling from a landline, Blake. And and call, and somebody answers the phone and you say, hey, I want to I wanna meet Lover's Pizza or whatever. And they would deliver it to your door. Like, that was a big deal. Like, if you, when you were 10 and 11 years old, and a pizza, I mean, these were like Bellhaven students, Millsap students, whatever. They would knock on the door and give you a pizza. It's crazy. Today, it's just, you know. And now I live in a place the last 15 years that, that pizza doesn't get delivered to. That's insane. I've come full circle. The irony. We were the, we were the first spot to get pizza delivery in the 80s in the metro. And then now I live on a lake where they'll go further out, but they think we're, like, not accessible. It's the craziest thing in the world. I've, like, I stopped doing it, like, 10 years ago. But I would talk to them, no, 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 you understand. We're closer than that neighborhood. Yeah, we can't make it. We, we can't. Can't deliver it to you. Have you, have you ordered pizza delivery Blake to your house in the last year? Yeah, literally like two days ago. Wow. <clears throat> in 15 years, yeah, last 15 years, we haven't had any. I mean, we went from Bondron to a place in Madison where you don't get pizza delivery. I'm innately lazy. So yes, you are. I would prefer not to have to do anything. I, I agree. Uh, I mean, you do a really good job on this show, but you're very okay with not doing a lot. Yeah, why wouldn't it's, I? It's you've you've kind of got a, a a big Lebowski thing going. You know, yeah. kind of like you know, I'm gonna. I know how. I mean, you're smart, and, and sometimes that trips you up. But you know how much you need to do, but <laughs> you're not going to exert any more than correct that you're like yeah. You know, we're efficient, is what the way I look at it. Well, I think to a certain extent, but why exert uh, more energy than necessary to acquire and, and look, accomplish the job? When we get interns in, which sometimes we have them, sometimes we don't. But when we get them in, Blake is the first to like. Okay, I'm going to see how much of what they can do. Well, yeah, you got to uh, test them out. Yeah, no, I think it's great. I mean, when you get a new car from Mack Hike, don't you take it to the interstate and kind of find you a little flat area where you can That's kind of really point. run it up? Yeah, see point. what that baby can do. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Brian Peroni, uh, he's not part of the Peroni beer empire that we know of, although that is a wonderful Italian beer. 
Um, but Brian Peroni will join us. Gig'em 247. Texas A&M 247 site. Brian Peroni will join us. Not on the Peroni guest line, although it should be for this segment. But on the Corona Premier guest line. You think- although Capital City does, that is one of their beers in their portfolio, is Peroni, which you can get at Sal and Mookie's. Go ahead, Blake. Do you think he'll have thoughts on this from Jimbo Fisher? And what's funny, in that talk, right before he said that about us, wasn't he soliciting funds from the crowd? It's amazing, wasn't it? <laughs> to the left, Rob. When you walk on water, I guess it don't matter. <laughs> um, man, he is the jilted lover in this in this deal. Um, I think Jimbo Blake thought after 2013, "Hey, I'm gonna get a I'm gonna get another one or two, you know, within the next ten years." And here we are, nine years removed from. Jimbo Fisher winning the national championship in 2013. And he hasn't even come close to winning it. No, not even close. And so there is some resentment, Blake, and Ooh, animosity. Yeah. Jealousy. I mean, it, Jealousy. Uh, it's very obvious. So he he's the... He's the, you know, he's the jilted lover, uh... There's a lot of jealousy. Saban has continued to win. Mm-hmm. And I think probably Jimbo and others thought that it would have already played out for Nick Saban. And yet he's going to win it this year. And so that doesn't sit well. No. A lot of uh, little brother jealousy feelings for me with Jimbo and, and Nick. Like, oh, you, you're always better. You're always bigger. You're always stronger. When am I going to be the guy? You know? Right. Right. Um. John Daly finished two over yesterday, so we'll see how that looks. Rory McIlroy is five under in the PGA Championship. Our leaderboard update, <clears throat> excuse me, brought to you by Edwin White's Golf Shop on County Line Road, and we'll have uh, Brian Peroni with Texas A&M coming up next. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And good morning. Welcome in. This is ESPN 105.9 The Zone. This is the Out of Bounds Show, driven by your next Ram truck, Jeep Grand Cherokee, pre-owned or new. 
at Mac Hike and Flowood. Visit MacHikeFlowood.com. That's MacHikeFlowood.com for your next uh, truck or SUV. Our guests join us on the Corona Premier Guest Line, and uh, we've been talking about the Nick Saban, Jimbo Fisher story all morning. Uh, Saban made a mistake a couple of nights ago with his comments, um, especially when he singled out Texas A&M and said all the players were paid um, through an NIL deal. And then Jimbo Fisher uh, made what I think is an even bigger mistake and uh, by calling a press conference and going on and on and on about it. And I would have to believe that Commissioner Greg Sankey is livid with both parties, um, but probably more so with A&M. But we're going to bring in A&M insider uh, Brian Peroni, Gigum 247, to talk about this. So, Brian, I would have to believe because Nick Saban has had so much success and people have Saban and Bama fatigue, that your board and the A&M fan base is just about 100% behind Jimbo and his counter to Nick Saban's comments? Oh, absolutely. I mean, A&M fans are going to support an A&M coach no matter what. But they've also, ever since A&M signed the recruiting class that was ranked, you know, number one all time, I mean, all kinds of fan bases have been coming after the Aggies and and trying to say that they bought the class and things like that. So then when Nick Saban comes straight out and says it, I think uh, A&M fans were definitely excited to see that press conference from Jimbo yesterday. Okay, so what is the truth? I mean, give me a number. Uh, what what has the collective or collectives, I don't know how many there are, with because you can have as many as you want, and obviously they're not tied to Texas A&M. These collectives have to be, you know, created through boosters and friends of the program alums. But uh, how much has the Texas A&M collectives raised that you know of, Brian? I, I honestly don't know about that. And, you know, Jimbo was asked about that yesterday and said that he, you know, he doesn't know either because he's not hands-on. And I've been told that's the case, that he, he doesn't deal straight with that. And, and he very well likely doesn't know. But a lot of the recruits that they landed, I mean, these are, you know, a ton of five-star kids, but they had uh, ties to A&M, such as uh, Gabriel Dando, uh, Brown Lodendi from Florida. His parents have been planning to move to College Station to work in a ministry for a couple of years now. He was committed to Oklahoma and then flipped when Lincoln Riley uh, took off. And, you know, uh, Levius Overton is another kid. His dad was uh, was uh, an assistant AD at Texas A&M for 11 years. He was born in College Station. So, it sort of was the, the perfect storm last year when you're putting together a recruiting class. Most of the kids came from Houston of the highly ranked ones, but the out-of-state ones, almost all of them had legitimate ties. And, you know, so just sort of everything fell into place. And, and so I could see why Jimbo Fisher's upset that people just assume that it's all, you know, just wrongdoing. Okay, uh, Brian Peroni, Gigum247. He joins us on the Corona Premier Guest Line talking Jimbo and Saban. Uh, where, what about you, Brian, or some of your colleagues that sometimes have to look at both sides and step back maybe a little bit? Um, did you feel like, did you feel like at all that Jimbo came across a, as whiny and jealous and some resentment there considering his former boss has been so successful? 
So I, I was a little surprised that he took, uh, you know, some of the personal shots that, uh, you know, he he's called out, you know, Saban's character and basically, you know, implied, you know, things things definitely weren't on the up and up in Alabama. So, yeah, that, that surprised me. And that was, uh, I, I know you mentioned Greg Sankey, you know, he's already come out and admonished both, uh, both coaches. I mean, there's nothing he can really do, but he's come out and, and you know, given them a verbal warning, I guess, uh, for lack of a better term. Um, so, yeah, I, I was surprised that Jimbo went uh, that hard, but he's also a guy that he's going to, one, if he if he feels like he's been wrong, he likes to, he doesn't have social media, so he's going to get out in front of it and try and write the ship, but also everything he does, he does sort of with a mind on recruiting, you know, and so if he looks like he's defending his players and defending his recruits, you know, that's that's all he really cares about. You know, he's not trying to win the hearts and mind of the national media. He's trying to win the hearts and the minds of, of recruits and their families. And I think he did that yesterday. Like I said, I, I was a bit surprised at the way everything everything happened. And, and I, I would not have uh, gone in on Saban like that. But I would tell you that just looking at the feedback and talking to a few recruits, they seem to, uh, you know, seem to like that side of them. Okay. Fair enough. You're listening to Out of Bounds. We're visiting with uh, Brian Peroni. He's with Gigum 247 talking A&M football and Jimbo Fisher and this new feud that we have. Uh, we had Kiffin and Fisher a few months ago. Now we have uh, Fisher and Saban. And we'll see who else uh, either targets Jimbo or Jimbo targets uh, between now and Labor Day weekend. Give me more of this. It's good content for radio. Um, okay. So – Jimbo, he's coming off this recruiting class that was unbelievable, like you just referenced. But he's got the same record as Kevin Sumlin. Is anybody in the fan base talking about, you know, are we, yeah, we're recruiting gangbusters, but how much closer are we to getting to Atlanta and winning? Prime. No, obviously, you know, there's there's some pressure there, especially with how much uh, money they're paying paying him. But Kevin Sumlin started off hot with uh, with Johnny Menzel and then just went downhill after that. And Jimbo did, you know, this, this past year was was disappointing, uh, you know, with the 8-4 finish. But that, uh, but A&M on the, on the whole is, is going up. I mean, it's they're ranked in the top 10 of pretty much every, you know, way too early poll and the top five of a lot of them. Um, so, and recruiting is obviously – that they finally look like an SEC defense, which was never the case under someone. So I think fans see uh, see A and M on the come up, and so there's there's a little more excitement than there was. You know, obviously there was excitement the first couple of years under someone with Johnny Mansell, but then things died down after that, and he just plateaued at it was eight and five every year, I think four years in a row. So if that happens with Jimbo Fisher, obviously he loses the time. But right now he's got you know he's built up enough uh, enough in the bank, especially after the number three year four finish it was uh, during the, the COVID year in 2000. What if, what if he goes nine and three this year and, and you're really, you're still, you still feel like you're light years away from not only playing in Atlanta, but beating Georgia or Florida or whoever, you know, shows up there, Brian. Well, I mean, he's got a contract that has, uh, has no buyout. Um, you know, if he's, if he's fired for any reason, they have to pay him. I believe it's immediately. They, you know, it's not even an installment. So, his, you know, he's he's safe at A and M because of of that fact. I mean, there's there's no way to get him out of there. But yeah, he probably, you know, nine and three. I mean, in the SEC, that's 
you know, especially, you know, with the way that other than uh, with A&M, how they started under Johnny Menzel, that's better than they have been. So I don't think fans would quite turn on them yet, but that would be a little disappointing, you know, even with the fact that they don't have, you know, a quarterback, but that there's a battle that could last into the season, you know, that would be disappointing, but I don't think it's enough for fans to fans to turn on them just yet. Now, seven, seven and six or seven, seven and five, you know, that, uh, that, that would probably be a different story. Okay. Uh, Giggum two, four, seven. He is Brian Peroni on the Corona premier guest line. We're talking Jimbo Fisher in Texas A&M. Uh, is there any discussion that Jimbo's really not that good of a play caller and that he's a super recruiter? And has made some some good hires on the defensive side of football. Elko was exceptional, and Durkin, although a step down, is really good. Uh, is there any discussion that Jimbo is running an antiquated offense compared to? Uh, you know, I mean, when you look at today, compared to you know maybe ten or twelve years ago when Jimbo was running this offense at Florida State. Oh no, for sure. I think uh, you do see a lot of fans on the board that that uh, wish. He would hire an OC that actually called plays and and give that OC some freedom instead of now you know Daryl Dickey is not the uh, not the play caller Jimbo Fisher is and you know the national title he had uh, Jameis Winston who was you know an electric quarterback who could you know was not a was not a dual threat guy that could run when needed so A and M has been recruiting those types but but yeah there is definitely some concern among A and M fans especially there there has not been a downfield threat in the passing game in all the past couple of years. So <clears throat> if that doesn't change this year with the five-star receivers coming in, then you'll start to see fans really, you know, make some noise about, hey, you know, you need to hire an actual OC that calls plays. So, yeah, that's a concern for sure. Do you buy that they that Jimbo Fisher and the staff invested too much in beating Bama starting in August all the way through the year? And that, uh, because of that, they kind of dropped the ball against teams that they should have beat, like Mississippi State and uh, Arkansas. Um, I don't know about Ole Miss. That was in Oxford, and Ole Miss was really good, but they wasn't even a competitive game. And then a dead man walking at Ogeron team. How did that land in, in College Station? Oh, the, the LSU game especially was the one that, uh, you know, fans definitely weren't happy with the close to close the year and because there was no bowl game, you know, that's, that's the taste that was left in their mouth. But no, I mean, Jimbo Fisher does, you know, he, every coach tells the press, you know, well, we're focused on, on one team, this, this team this week only, but you know, from what I've seen from the players, it really is the case. They don't really look ahead. Now, obviously they know there's the game with Alabama, but other than 2012, A&M had not beaten Alabama, you know, since they joined the SEC. So it's not like this, you know, it's this rivalry that that has has been a huge deal. I mean, they've gotten beaten pretty handily by Alabama most other seasons. So I really don't think they were they were looking forward to that. I mean, Jimbo made that off the cuff remark uh, last summer at a coach's night about how they're going to beat Alabama's ass. But you know, I think that was just him having a little fun, and also he probably wishes he didn't say that you know at the time because it got a lot of run. But I don't think it was anything the players latched onto, to be honest. Uh, Brian Peroni, Giggum two four seven on the Out of Bounds show. Uh, how do you how do you see this playing out this summer? Do you think that uh, after the conversation that that Jimbo Fisher and Ross Bjork had with Greg Sankey yesterday, um, obviously Saban and Byrne did too. But 
do you think that's it that Sab- that uh, Jimbo he'll let it not let it go, but that he's not going to say anything else about it in public? I would say that's probably the case. I mean, he will be asked about it. He's got a coaches' night deal tonight in San Antonio, and then obviously he's got the SEC media day, so he'll be asked about it. But I, I expect him to uh, demur a bit and just you know pass on it because he's sort of. You know, if he had a goal with it, he's gotten that accomplished. And if he didn't have a goal with it and was just mad, then he's gotten it off his chest. So, yeah, I think it'll it'll die down. Now, obviously, it'll be a huge storyline heading into October 8th, but I don't expect any more logs to be thrown on the fire. How much how much frustration is it in the in the fan base with moving over to the SEC in whatever that was, 2011 or something, 12? And and Come like you said, you, you come out of the gate. Really, nobody knew that Manziel was going to be a star. You, you go to Bryant Diddy. You beat Bama. You you blow Oklahoma out in the Cotton Bowl. And since then, you never really got the payoff. I mean, you're right. Jimbo had a a good COVID year, going nine and one. But you know, still not no Atlanta appearance. How much? And you you've raised like a billion dollars for the football program. Uh, in the last 10 or 12 years. So you got all the money and resources in the world. How much frustration is it in the fan base that, that the payoff hasn't happened? I mean, obviously there's, there's going to be a frustration, but you're dealing sort of with a, with a bit of a long-suffering fan base. I mean, they, they, there's been one conference title in the last, you know, the last two conferences they've been in. They won the, S, the, uh, the Big 12 in uh, 1998. And other than that, you know, they have not won a conference title since the Southwest Conference. So at this point, they're, they're not really judging, you know, success on Atlanta. Now, obviously, that's the goal every season is to win the SEC, and fans want that, and they're talking about that before the year. But, you know, they just haven't been able to get over that, that Bama hump. And when they have gotten over that, they've struggled in the other games. So because there hasn't really been the taste, you know, other than 2012 when they still didn't uh, make – make the SEC title game because of a loss to LSU. Other than 2012, there really hadn't been a taste of that. So, you know, it's not something fans are, are missing because they haven't been there, if that if that makes any sense. Obviously, they want it, but it's not like if Alabama all of a sudden went on a 10-year, you know, a 10-year dry spell of not making it. Okay. Um, quarterback position you mentioned earlier we're visiting with brian peroni gigum 247 texas a&m insider on the corona premier guest line uh qb battle how do you think it'll shake out in august if you would have asked me before the spring i would have said haynes king who was supposed to be the starter last year and and started the first two games before being injured i would have said he had the inside track but i i think max johnson coming over from lsu had a had a pretty good spring and would be the the betting favorite if I had to set the lines. They also really liked uh, the true freshman Connor Wick. He probably had the best spring, but I don't think with the talent that they have on the team, they're ready to trot out a true freshman. You know, as a start of the first game of the year. But if he does get in there and mop up time in some of these games and has has uh, you know some good reps and the starter struggles, then uh, he's a guy to watch too. But I would say probably Max Johnson. You know. A little bit ahead of Hank King, and then then Connor Wigman, you know, was sitting in the shadows. But there's not going to be a starter name until I'd say probably two days before the first game. And even then, I could see them playing both of the veterans. Okay, 
Oh, that's pro- that's usually not a good recipe. Do you is there someone dynamic enough at the quarter bottom line is there someone dynamic enough at the quarterback position to drive this team to a space and, and a mountain that they've never climbed? Uh, yeah, so Haynes King is one actually one of the fastest guys on the team and then Connor Wigman was a time dual threat guy in high school. So if one of those two guys ends up with the job, it means that they've shown something in the running game that obviously Max Johnson, that's not going to be his forte. So those guys really, you know, they're good at keeping their eyes downfield and making things happen. Nobody is going to be Johnny Manziel again, but they are, you know, they have some of those qualities. You know, Connor Wigman made some plays on national TV this past year in a, in a high school game that looked just like Johnny Manziel. So if one of those two guys wins a job, they can, um, you know, even with Haynes King coming off the injury that uh, cost them last year, He's still got that speed. So, yeah, they, they, they're they up there for sure. Boy, Miami's a big game early, isn't it, Brian? Oh, no, for sure. And that's one, I think, you know, with the fact that Miami has been down for a decade or so, I mean, I think fans, A&M fans right now might be overlooking that and not realize how good the Van Dyke and, and the Hurricanes really are expected to be and should be this coming year. So, yeah, that's going to be a good one. That You know, I know a lot of, people are looking forward to i'm looking forward to are you going to uh do you go to sec media days every year or are you going this year because of the jimbo saban thing how, how does that look for you well we we send somebody every year it's not always me i've i've, I've been a few times but uh you know i after yesterday i said i, I might have to might have to book <laughs> myself this year you know it could, could be interesting but you know i'm also curious how much you know like i said that 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 warning from sankey yesterday how, how much fun that takes away i know you mentioned that good content for radio you know it's good content for us as well so well i'm curious yeah. to see what what happens going forward man I, I gotta be honest y'all are a fascinating university and program for us uh, it just you know with 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 unlimited resources and the wealth that your alumni base has and and look it's a it's a wonderful university and it's a good sports athletic department but I I just feel like y'all left a lot on the table in the big three sports Brian oh I would I would 100% agree with that you know uh, A&M tends to hold on to coaches too long we've seen it in baseball before uh, they brought in uh, uh, Jim Sosnigo this year in baseball they had three coaches who coached uh, the past three coaches a coach for close to 70 years just those three guys and you know, no, no title. Several college world series appearances, but no title. You know, so seeing what A and M is doing under Schlossnagel now, you know, in second, in, in leading the SEC West and second overall in the SEC is a is a big deal. You know, basketball. You know, Buzz Williams said, you know, they made an NIT run, but A and M's never really had any success in basketball outside of Bill uh, Gillespie. So, you know, that's that's just sort of a bonus if they're good there. But uh, but yeah, the football program should should be better than than it has been like you said especially with all the resources but the resources haven't always been there haven't always been you know allocated correctly um and that's that's one thing that you know kevin someone really pushed for and then jimbo fisher has really done i mean there's there's a really nice athletic complex on campus a nice indoor facility and they're already uh you know tearing that down and and building something new and i know that's you know jimbo is one of the main reasons why so, you know, we'll see we'll see if things change in the next, you know, three or four years. But 
but they, they, they definitely have the, the ability and the ammo to do that. Okay, with Ross Bjork, um, he dropped the ball left and right at Ole Miss and Oxford on some things. Um, what what does the A&M base think about him? Or is it, Brian, that Jimbo Fisher casts such a big shadow that nobody really cares? I think I think the latter would be true. Now, uh, you know, Bjork, there, there's, there, you know, everything he's done, you know, has has been positive to this point. But even if there were some, you know, some hiccups, I mean, it really is, you know, the Jimbo Fisher show in College Station. You know, I, you know, I, he's sort of got carte blanche over, over everything. So, you know, I don't think anybody really has too much of a, a, a beef with Ross Bjork. But like I said, he's, you know, he came out and defended uh, Jimbo yesterday. And that's the kind of thing that A&M fans, you know, want to see. So, you know, they're happy with him for sure. All right, we'll leave it there. Uh, Brian Peroni, uh, Gigum 247 on the Corona Premier Guest Line in the Out of Bounds Show. Big year for A&M and uh, coming off a disappointing 8-4, and four, but then a great, amazing uh, recruiting class. And many people believe the best defensive class. Uh, they signed the most talent on the defensive side of the football than any school has ever signed in one class. Now, we'll see who all – lives up to the to the four and five star billing but uh they have loaded the boat as far as talent and we'll see how much closer or can they punch their ticket to atlanta brian uh super job enjoyed catching up today Uh, i have a feeling that you'll have plenty to write about and post about this summer on gigum 247 and uh we appreciate your time today man have a good weekend thanks thanks for having me on brian peroni on the Corona Premier Guest Line, Gigum 247. You're listening to Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. So, uh, there you go. The Jimbo, look, Blake and I talked about it an hour and a half ago. Jimbo Fisher played to the fan base. I mean, look, y'all, all, everybody has, outside of Bama fans, everybody has Saban and Bama fatigue. So... The fact that Jimbo is tied to Saban and he was part of his first national championship at LSU as his offensive coordinator and the fact that he went scorched earth on Saban yesterday and went really personal. I mean, talking about how, look, you know, Bobby Bowden did it the right way. Nick Saban did it all the wrong way. And and other things... Despicable. How many times did he say despicable, uh, Blake, in the press conference? So we've got a uh, another rift in the conference. We thought Jimbo and Kiffin was good. No. Jimbo and Saban. That's a 32-ounce bone-in ribeye from Kessler Prime. Good morning. Welcome in. Hour number three on ESPN 105.9 The Zone. The Out of Bounds Show. 